Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. A tremendous verse in the New Testament book of Galatians tells us, I am crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live in faith, the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. This is Galatians 2.20. Actually, the type of this marvelous truth of the Christian life is displayed in the Old Testament book of Isaiah. Mankind in general, and we specifically, were all fired and replaced by the victorious Christ. This is the theme of this great Old Testament book of prophecy, and also the theme of today's program on the life study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. These two men raised up by God to carry the gospel to their countrymen in pre-communist China in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s, also left us with this historically significant ministry of God's New Testament economy for the fulfillment of his eternal purpose in Christ. Witness Lee, prior to his death in 1997, completed the life study of the entire Bible, and we're happy to be able to bring these rich excerpts of his spoken ministry to you today along with our fellowship and comments. And joining us once again for that purpose is Ed Marks. Ed, it seems to get a good view of this book of Isaiah, the verse that we heard of Paul speaking in Galatians is, is really helpful, isn't it? Yes, Chris, it is. And I think what we'll see from this verse is that Galatians 2.20 shows us the reality of what it means to keep the Sabbath. I think this will be very enlightening for our listeners. Well, our first section today, that's just where we're going. It's actually a review of a recurring theme that we've seen in Isaiah, and that is both our Sabbath-keeping and fasting are just a further description of what it is to be fired and replaced by Christ. Witness Lee was very burdened to get this thought fully into our consciousness, wasn't he? Yes, Chris, and I would just like to mention something from our previous broadcasts on this. Uh, to keep the Sabbath, the intrinsic significance of keeping the Sabbath in the New Testament sense, is that this means we need to cease from our work, to stop our doing, and to get ourselves fired in order to enjoy what God has done. So actually, on the day that we were saved, we were fired and replaced by Christ. That means our old man, our natural man, the old person that we were before we got saved, got annulled, got fired, and we got replaced with Christ. This is the actuality of what it means to keep the Sabbath. And Galatians 2.20 is the reality of this. It says, I am crucified with Christ. That means our old I, our old man, our old person, was crucified with Christ. Now it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. This is Christ replacing us, Christ becoming our person, Christ becoming our everything, Christ becoming our doing and our activity. 
This is the reality of keeping the Sabbath. Then, Chris, related to fasting, we saw that the intrinsic significance of fasting is that we stop eating all things other than the Lord Jesus and that we don't have a taste for anything other than him. We need to realize that every day we need to eat Christ as our spiritual food. He said in John 6, I am the bread of life. Then he said, he who eats me shall live because of me. Every day we need to enjoy him as our spiritual food in the word. So this is the significance of what it means to keep the Sabbath and to fast. Well, we're going to see in this upcoming section, Ed, that these are not just religious rituals and ordinances to be observed in kind of an objective way. These are very crucial elements of our daily experience of Christ. Let's join Witness Lee. Thus far, up to chapter 56, this book strangely consummates in two things. In the keeping of the Sabbath, and in fasting. It's very strange. Think about it. Why Isaiah, in the consummation of this section, he uh, didn't touch other things so much in details and full of strife. But two things. We know in the whole universe, according to the Bible, Christ as the embodiment of God through all his processes. He has accomplished God's full redemption and he is applying his complete salvation on his believers. This is why in the whole earth, under God's sovereignty, so many Christians preaching the gospel all the time to people, yet, have you noticed, a very small percentage do take what we preach. Why? Just because everybody is too busy. Everybody is too busy, everybody eats too much. Just two things. You look at the world of the Japanese, Americans, they took the lead to be busy. They work more. They work for mostly for eating. They work are too busy and they eat too much. By being too busy and by eating too much, they don't have any heart. In their capacity of a being, they don't have any space for Christ. So they all need a rest. They all need to keep the Sabbath and to fast. I was very busy in 1925 when I was 19 and a half. A very busy, ambitious, struggling young man. Then that afternoon, I heard the gospel. I got called. I got stopped. I began to keep the Sabbath. And I began also to fast from all tastes, just to enjoy him. It is by this kind of a resting and fast that we partake what 
the process that Christ has accomplished for us. In totality, what he is and what he has accomplished is just divine water. That is the consummated spirit and the consummation of the triune God for us to enjoy. This is a full picture of what is unveiled in the divine revelation in the scriptures. Learn to keep the Sabbath and learn to fast. Ed, go on a little further if you would and comment on how these matters of the Sabbath keeping and our fasting have much more meaningful significance to our own experience of Christ in God's economy. Yes, Chris, I'd like to come back to this matter first of what it means to keep the Sabbath. You know, every day we need to enjoy Christ as our Sabbath rest. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 29, the Lord cried out, Come to me, all you who toil and are burdened, and I will give you rest. And then he said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And then he said, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. What we see in these verses is that Christ himself is our Sabbath. He's our Sabbath rest. And Christ, as the Spirit, lives in our spirit. So he is the real rest in our spirit. We need to rest in the Lord. No matter where you are right now, you're driving in your car, you're listening in your kitchen, and you might be in a situation of turmoil, your environment might be difficult, but you need to realize that Christ, as the real rest in this universe, lives in your spirit. What does rest mean? Rest means perfect peace and full satisfaction. When we say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I like to touch you right now. I open to you. I want you to be my perfect peace and full satisfaction. We can enjoy him as our Sabbath rest right now. Now, related to the reality of fasting, Chris, this means that we stop eating all things other than Christ. I'd like to just mention to our listeners, back in Exodus, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt into the wilderness, the Lord's burden was to change their diet. And we need to realize when we got saved, we came out of Egypt. We came out of the world. We came out from under Satan's tyranny. And the Lord brought us into a region where he wanted to change our diet. We were eating a lot of Egyptian food. If you look at the children of Israel, when they came into the wilderness, they longed for that Egyptian food. They said, oh, if we just could have some leeks, some cucumbers, some garlic. This was the food from Egypt. But the Lord wanted to wean them, to get them away from that Egyptian food, so that they would just eat manna for 40 years. Manna signifies Christ. Christ wants us not to eat anything other than him. And Chris the way that we can eat Christ as our spiritual food every day is by getting into his word and reading his word with prayer, in prayer, by prayer, and through prayer. According to Ephesians 6, 17, and 18, we need to receive God's word by means of all prayer. You know, when the Lord told those people to eat him in John 6, he later said the flesh profits nothing. He wasn't telling them to eat his physical flesh. He said, it's the spirit who gives life. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So when we eat his words by exercising our spirit to pray over the word, 
that's when we can eat and enjoy the Lord as our spiritual food. And this means we stop eating all things other than him, and this is the intrinsic significance of fasting. Ed, that was a very marvelous, comprehensive, I would say, wrap-up and review of what we've seen in these recent life studies regarding these two issues. Very experiential and aimed right at us. Let's go back to Witness Lee for another portion. This is my covenant, said Jehovah, as follows. My spirit, which is upon you, and my word, which I put in your mouth, shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your seed. This covenant is that God will keep his spirit and his word to remain in our mouths. God put into our mouths, firstly, his spirit. Secondly, his word. His spirit is for breathing, and his word is for nourishing, but also, quite often, for speaking. Today, the Christian life is just to practice the breathing of the spirit and the eating of the word, and also the speaking of God. This is why we emphasize and encourage, even promote, advocate the prophesying. This is to speak the word of God, to speak God for us, to speak for God, and to speak God for us into others and to speak God in his word for the building up of the body of Christ. The more you eat, the more you breathe, the more elements of life will be dispensed into you. Food will be dispensed into you. Yet now, breathing and eating, both are very, very dispensive. We have God's spirit, and we have God's word, all the day long, we are under God dispensing. But it depends upon us how much we would breathe the Spirit, and how much we would nourish on the Word. Isaiah tells us eventually all Redeemer becomes our Savior, saving us from our first aid transgression, then sins the iniquities by the way that God puts his spirit in us and his word in us. He not only redeemed us, after redeeming us, he becomes our savior, saving us from sins and iniquities. On the next side, and on the passing side, he is dispensing. All the day long, we are under the divine dispensing. Ed, I don't think we can emphasize too often in this ministry that our salvation accomplished by Christ is really composed of two aspects. One on the negative side, dealing with our sins, or in Isaiah's language, transgressions and iniquities, but also on the positive side. God in Christ, as the Spirit, is doing something so positive. Comment on this side, Ed, and some of the symbolism that Isaiah uses to convey the positive side of our salvation. 
Well, Chris, I would just like to pick up one verse in Isaiah that shows us this positive side in a marvelous way. This is Isaiah 59, verse 21, where the Lord says, As for me, this is my covenant with them, says Jehovah, my spirit which is upon you, and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your seed, nor from the mouth of your seed's seed, says Jehovah, from now and forever. The Lord says that he put his words in our mouth and they won't depart from our mouth. Well, Chris, this is very experiential. You know, we use our mouth to breathe, we use our mouth to eat, and we use our mouth to speak. And, of course, the Lord says here, I put my words in your mouth. Well, if we're going to speak for the Lord, spiritually we have to breathe him in, and we also have to eat him and enjoy him as our spiritual food. And this comes back to enjoying Christ as the Spirit, and as the Word. You know, in order to breathe the Lord in, we need to breathe the Lord in. This is wonderful. Christ is our spiritual air. He's our spiritual breath. In John 20, 22, it tells us that the Lord, in resurrection, He breathed into the disciples, and He said, Receive the Holy Spirit, or we can say the Holy Pneuma, which is the Holy Breath. Now, how do we breathe the Lord in? Well, Lamentations 3, 55 and 56 tells us this. The prophet Jeremiah, he wrote the book of Lamentations. In these verses, he tells us that he called upon the Lord's name out of the low dungeon. Then he said, hide not your ear at my breathing, at my cry. These verses show us that our spiritual breathing is our calling on the name of the Lord. And Jeremiah called on the Lord's name out of a low dungeon. You know, I have to confess, when I came here this morning, I felt that I was in a low dungeon. All of us have our own personal dungeon. We've got troubles. All of us do. But in the midst of our trouble, in the midst of our environment, we can call on the Lord's name. Even right now, I'd like you to call with me from the depths of your being, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus, I want you to feel me right now. Lord Jesus, I love you. When we call on the Lord's name, this is our breathing him in. Also, we need to eat him in his word as our spiritual food. And Jeremiah fifteen sixteen says, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And we pointed out previously, the way to eat the Lord is to eat his words by using his words as means of prayer, where we can pray over them and enjoy Christ as our spiritual sustenance. This is the significance of, of what the Lord says here in Isaiah 59:20. Well, Ed, we, as you mentioned, all have our own dungeon experiences. And at times we may be too weak to even read the Bible. We may be too weak or feel too weak to pray. But we can breathe. We can call Lord Jesus. As you shared from Lamentations, this was Jeremiah's rich experience of Christ came in such a situation. Very encouraging. Ed, this chapter 60 that we're talking about today is, is really a pleasant and enjoyable chapter. Witness Lee describes it as his dessert in this message that we're listening to. Uh, we're going to see Christ as the servant of Jehovah becoming light and glory to God's people in our final portion today. Let's join Witness Lee. Have you noticed at the end of 21 that I may be beautified? Not only you want to be beautified, even God wants to be beautified. Could God be beautified? 
Christ is unveiled as our Redeemer. As our Redeemer, he did a lot in the past. He came to the earth, he lived on this earth, and he lived a human life, and he went to the cross, and he's dead there, the vicarious death, and brought in the reproductive resurrection. Now he is the saving one, saving his people from sins and iniquities on the negative side. Then on the positive side, he would become our light and glory. He would become our brightness and our beauty, our splendor. By what way? By putting himself as the Spirit and as the Word in us. As such, as the life-giving Spirit and the uh, embodiment of himself, that the living Word in us, we receive all the day, all the time, his dispensing. As the Spirit and as the Word in us, his main thing is to dispense himself as everything to us, and this makes us so bright and so beautiful, so glorious. And this is that he is to be our light and our glory. Then we will be God's glory. He will be our beauty to make us his beauty. And by this way, God and his chosen people will be beautified one with another and glorified in immortality. Well, Brother Ed, what a tremendous way to end our broadcast today. I will have to ask you to comment on this last point. It's not hard to see how we are beautified or glorified by Christ. But what about us becoming his beauty? Ed, how could we ever become a beautification to the very God? When we receive the Lord and we're saved, the Lord convicted us of our sins, and we really realize for the first time how ugly and dark we are in our sinful fallen condition. And I would say the more we go on with the Lord and the more his glorious light of his presence shines in our being, the more we realize that in our natural being we are ugly. And the only real beauty in this universe is Christ himself. Actually, even the beauty we see in creation portrays Christ as the real beauty in this universe. Now, Chris, what's marvelous is that as we enjoy Christ, as we take Christ, as we receive Christ, as we contact Christ, he becomes our beauty that we may become his beauty. Exodus 28.2 tells us that the priests in the Old Testament were clothed with garments, it says, for glory and for beauty. Well, these garments typify Christ as our clothing. We need to be clothed with Christ so that he can be not just our glory, but so that he can be our beauty. Now, how can he be our beauty? You know, I think something very practical is in Philippians 1, verses 19 through 21, 
where in these verses Paul prays, he has kind of a prayer and aspiration, that he would not be put to shame in anything, but that Christ would be magnified in his body, whether through life or through death. Well, when Christ is magnified in our body, when he's made great in us, when he's extolled in us, when he's expressed through us, when people see him in us, he becomes our beauty. People see a person lived out through us, and they see some beauty there that they can't put their finger on. This is Christ becoming our beauty. But these verses show us how he becomes our beauty. It's by the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. We need to enjoy the bountiful supply of the Spirit every day. We need the Spirit of Jesus Christ to fill us to the brim so that Christ can be expressed out through us as our beauty. Of course, we've talked about the way we can enjoy Christ as the bountiful supply. We need to call on his name every day. We need to say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I love you. Speak his name and tell him that you love him repeatedly throughout the day, and you will enjoy him as the bountiful supply. Stay in the word every day. Read the word with prayer. You'll enjoy him as your supply so that Christ can become our beauty and we can become his beauty. Well, Brother Ed, we have two magnificent aspects. We have Christ clothing us with his righteousness as our outward beauty. But what is happening within as we are taking Christ in and enjoying him in this kind of way from within, we're beautified. And that really becomes God's beautification, doesn't it? Exactly, Chris. This is a marvelous way to end this broadcast, that we become God's beautification. Praise the Lord. We've been brought from being sinners to becoming God's beauty and beautification. What a glory this is to God. Ed, what a wonderful book Isaiah is becoming as we uh, go on day by day in this life study. Thank you for being here with us today. Come back again soon. Yes, Chris, I'm looking forward to another broadcast. These broadcasts, it seems like they just get better and better, richer and richer, and higher and higher. Well, this message, which is really Life Study number 30, is included in volume number two of the Life Study of Isaiah, a three-volume set. And we're offering all three of these volumes to our listeners. So we encourage you to call and get information about that or just to leave us your comments or ask questions. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. We will return tomorrow with another wonderful life study from the book of Isaiah. And as Brother Ed has said, these seem to get more wonderful day by day. And as we continue on, we're going to see more of the marvelous Christ unfolded and magnified in the book of Isaiah. Please join us then. Today for Ed Marks, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. If you have any questions or would like to find other Christians in your area who also enjoy this ministry, feel free to call us toll-free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. 
Or you can email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.